All right, Dr. Aaron Werner here with Independent Insights by Vision Source. Uh, we are fiercely independent optometry uh, practices, and this is where we get to have discussions talking about how we are fiercely independent and key pearls and, and sharing wisdom to uh, to survive and thrive. Had a great conversation today with my good friend Spencer Jones from the other side of the interaction on the, the vendor side, where he helps us understand the importance of knowing our business identity so that we can help him help us achieve everything that we want. So I hope you enjoy, subscribe, like, and share with a friend. I'm super excited today because we've got a really good friend of mine, um, and I just found out, Spencer, you are a pro at this and have a radio background, so you're going to be the expert here. Uh, But Spencer Jones, who uh, has worn lots of hats, and uh, I'll let him introduce his current hats, or current hat, but... uh, uh, I like Spencer's Spencer's uh, perspective on this because he comes from the other side of the, the interaction, um, the vendor side, and uh, he's got a great message and great idea about how he can help us, uh, help him and help us, help him help us do better. I think I confused myself on that one there. But uh, Spencer, give us a little bit of background. Who are you and uh, what do you do? Yeah, so thanks for having me on the show, Aaron. Name's Spencer Jones. Um, I'll give you the full bio. How about that? It won't take too long, though. Uh, born in Atlanta, Georgia, lifelong sports fan, which will be important later. But uh, don't hold that against me. Atlanta isn't the, the greatest sports town, but we're passionate folks. Um, what I'm going to say is that sports background, though, actually is what led me into the radio thing that Aaron was chit-chatting about. So I spent several years in college. I worked at the ESPN affiliate in Atlanta, did a lot of stuff at my local radio. So it's it's good to come back to my roots. Uh, but but why do I have any expertise in, in independent optometry and, and what we're going to end up talking about today? Uh, well, for about the last seven and a half years, I've been at Essilor, now Essilor Luxottica, working with private practices. Like Darren said, wearing a lot of different hats. I've been in sales, supporting premium lens brands. I was at Transitions for a few years, spent some time in marketing. And have now returned back to sales. And and the team that I lead now works very closely with Aaron and the Vision Source community. Uh, We're out there trying to help practices understand how to maximize their profitability when they sell Essilor Luxottica products. So you've got a frame company, you've got a lens company. Those things have traditionally been kept very separate in our industry. My folks are trying to help make sure that we navigate that complexity, show you how to make money when you sell both together. Very cool. And I picked up on what, what you said, and as a practice owner, I feel it is the complexity. It, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm at a buffet and there's just way too many options, and I don't know uh, where to, to start with. And I'm guessing from a, a, a sales perspective, a vendor perspective, um, and dependent on, on what product or service you represent, um, it's got to be challenging helping me navigate that as well. Oh my God, you're, you've got it exactly right. I think there's a, a book called The Paradox of Choice that's been out for a couple of decades now that nails it, but people's brains just shut down when you put too much in front of them. Um, we want to be able to make decisions quickly. We want to feel educated when we make a decision, but we don't want to drown in options or drown in choices. And I think as a small business owner, you nail it on the head. You don't just have to worry about the optometry side of the business and the healthcare side or the programs and product side if you're talking retail and your optical You've got to deal with personnel. You've got to deal with local tax boards. You've got so much stuff on your plate that as simple as we can make a yes or no decision on a product or a service at SLO Logotica for our customers, the more likely we are to be successful. And honestly, the more likely our customers are to be successful because you can't implement a plan if, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a goal in mind, and you can't do that if you haven't simplified your choices. Uh, perfect. 
the uh, I, I like hearing that from the from the other side too that, that you're just as challenged sometimes as uh, as we are by the the complexities. Um, and you and I were talking, and you brought up this concept of of what is your business identity? Who are you? as a, a business, uh, which got me thinking about who I was and, and who our business was. Uh, and, uh, and it really helped me narrow down some of that, uh, those buffet offerings, if you will, um, so that I could, I could say no to the programs and the services and the products that just didn't fit who I was. So walk us through that from the beginning um, as a, uh, as, as, you know, from your side, as a sales side on how practices can, can establish their, bin, their business identity. But once they do, how that really helps you help them achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah. So for me, it, it's exactly what you said. It, it's when you can simplify who you are and stick close to your why, your core value, why you got into private practice, that it really becomes a lot simpler and easier for you to say, these are the programs, the plans, the products that are going to help me grow my business. So whenever I give a presentation or I sit down to do a consultation with a practice, I always run a little icebreaker. It's generally about five minutes long, and it, and it sort of walks through the steps of how do I quickly identify my vision and why is that important? So the, the questions I'm always asking guys is like, why did you get into private practice? Why, why did you, and I heard this from you, why did you choose to bet on yourself? You could have been an eye doctor at any retail location. You could have worked at somebody else's practice, but you chose to take out a loan, purchase a building, hire a staff, and run your own company. And you know, most of the time I hear one of two answers. It's some version of... I wanted to help people, I wanted to be in healthcare, and I wanted to be my own boss. And no matter what I hear, there's always, it comes back to that point where I wanted to be in control, I wanted to be my own boss. And then the next question we end up asking after that is like, I get that, you, you wanted to have control, you wanted to, to sort of be in charge of your destiny. I ask the question, well, how much time do you feel like you spend being your boss, being the one in charge, making decisions versus how much time do you feel like you're just spending working in your practice? kind of runs itself, but you're one of the employees. And I, it gets a laugh out of everyone because of course, man, we get busy. We got to hire, we got to deal with turnover. We got to deal with inflation. We got to deal with vendors. And what ends up happening is I always share this statistic. It, this is from a Harvard business uh, school survey that they did um, maybe two or three years ago. And it's a 68% of small business owners, period. Feel like they spend more time working on operational details of their business as opposed to strategic thinking or planning. And then when that same group is surveyed, 40% of them come back and say, you know what, I don't even have an annual plan. I don't even know what I want to accomplish this year. Uh, I always end this icebreaker with a joke. I've done that question probably 150 times now in my career. And never once has someone told me they wanted to run a retail optical. Not one time did they say I, I chose to be in private practices so I could sell the best frames and lenses to my patients. No, not once. And so I always end that comment by saying, look, I know I'm not your number one passion. I'm not the, the reason you joined independent optometry, but you're not the reason you started your business. So let me help you simplify how my goods, my products, my services can help you get back to being the boss, running your own business and achieving that standard of care that so many of you chose to get into healthcare for in the first place. And I think that sets the, the stage for it. That's sort of the mindset I want practices in. I didn't get in this business to sell retail. I didn't get in this business to hire people. I generally got into business because I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to help people. Once they've identified that those are generally the two reasons that, that I've seen from practices that they want to be out there, having a conversation around what products they need, what programs are going to help them achieve their goals gets a lot simpler. Um, that, that's generally the, the way we kick things off. 
And I really haven't been surprised in the amount of time I've done it. It's always healthcare and being my own boss. Yeah, no, that, uh, that makes sense. That's why I did it. I, I enjoy healthcare. I enjoy the uh, helping people. And, uh, and I certainly like to be my own boss. I, I, it's, uh, it's, it's right up there, but let's, let's focus on the optical. Cause I know that's where you've spent a lot of your time. And, um, and, and I'll be honest, I, I fashion is not my thing. So being fashionable in the optical, I, I, I love having it. I love being able to, uh, to make people happy and, and, and see it and see how frames change who they, how they see themselves and who they are. Um, that's just not the, the part that gets me super excited. I'm more on the clinic nerd stuff, but, yeah. um, but in the optical, uh, can I be everything to everyone? No, absolutely not. I think the, the concept there is you can be everything to the people you want to target in your community. And what that means is your community doesn't represent every single person in the United States. And I think one of the first things that we start working on with practices when they say, hey, I've, I've decided to bet on myself. I want to be an independent owner. I know I came in for the healthcare and I want to be my own bosses. Then let's simplify your optical choices. Do you want to be the kind of community practice where you see people for exams? And generally speaking, most people that come see you are going to be able to find a pair of glasses. Not everyone. You know, that, that's not going to work in this modern economy, but most people will find the style and the price point that they want. We want to be a broad based practice, a community focused practice. Or on the other end of the spectrum, do you want to be a, a boutique, something that has a curated selection, a select set of styles that is maybe an even smaller subset of the people that live in your market, but a really clear message and a really clear value proposition to them? And honestly, when I work with practices on this, it becomes really clear for them because I get to make some nice metaphors. Amazon is out there trying to be the everything store, right? It wants you to be able to find anything you're looking for and just be able to purchase it online. That's their big stick. Anything you want, be able to get it online. You know, Saks is not trying to do that in their stores. They want the latest trends, the most curated selection, and the price point is going to justify the rarity, the quality, and the aesthetic that they're going to be able to provide to their, their consumers. And that's the truth that any small business faces. Do I want to be built for the masses, built for the community, or do I want to have a tailored approach? This is where we start the optical conversation with anyone. And this isn't just about frames. It can be about lenses, contact lenses, because when you decide, hey, I want to be a place that everyone can come for an eye exam and they'll find something that they like, or I want to be that place that people might drive 45 minutes to get here and Maybe I won't see everyone in the two mile radius, but I'll be known as the destination for, for luxury or the destination for sport. Uh, we can help build your practice to achieve either one of those goals, but you as the owner have to say, this is why I got into it. I wanted to be dedicated boutique or I wanted to be more community optometry focused on a broader group of people. Oh, I like that. The, uh, I like that, def that, that destination. It feels better than, they don't want to be that exclusive, right? Um, and I imagine that once, so let's say I choose to be that uh, that that destination practice, the um, that probably means I'm going to say no to a couple things, right? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna set myself up a, a certain way, and and I'll probably end up saying no to a couple of, of patients and customers that don't fit that personification that I'm 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 putting out. I think one of the craziest things that we deal with in the industry sometimes is that we focused on metrics before we focus on the vision or the goal, right? So you'll hear someone on uh, vendor side come in and tell you capture rate is the number one thing that you need to focus on. You just got to <laughs> capture as many patients as possible. And while that is true from a business standpoint, understand that there is a bias there as well, right? 
when you sell more to more of your patients, that means I'm selling you more of my products to then be sold to those patients. It's not necessarily a bad thing. That is a way to be successful. But to your point, Aaron, there are going to be times in which you've decided that my vision is to be a destination. I want to try to attract a different type of patient base. Oftentimes, when I work with practices that want to build a destination, what they tell me is I don't want every patient. I want the right patients. And that's perfectly okay. Because when you set that vision for me, when you're working with a company like the company I work for, it becomes simpler for me. I'm like, hey, man, I got 30 products, 40 different programs. Jesus, God, you are helping me out. You want to be a destination. You want to have something that no one else has around you. I know what people have around you. I can build you a curated selection that helps you achieve that goal. It's really hard when you're telling me, eh, you know, I kind of want to have a cheap cost of goods, right? I kind of want to make sure that I'm able to, to have a good frame selection. No, my God, it's so much easier to be able to work with someone that says, I want to be a destination. I want to have things that no one else around me has. I want to be able to have a higher price point than others. And then I'm going to tell you, here's the products that will help you do that. And here's the programs that are going to make you the most profitable along the way. You're absolutely right. You will say no to some things when you choose either of these paths. Yeah, well, that's a good point. You say no to, to choosing either. Um, and then I'll add on to, to, to your point on the metrics. I think then the metrics we use to help us make make sure that we're within the lanes that we've established. We're on the road that we've established for ourselves. And uh, as much as we like to compete with the guy next door, if their model is different, if their vision's different, it, it's slightly, uh, it's going to be different metrics. And last time I walked into a Saks, it, it didn't have the same feel and wasn't as crowded as the last time I walked into a Target. Um, both super valuable. But yeah. I'm, I'm you know, sure they, they have different uh, numbers of transactions at each and I'm sure the transaction dollar amount, well, depending on what, uh, how long I've spent in target, but the uh, dollar amount is, is different. So, so walk me through, you guys are walking into a practice. So, so yes. again, help me help you and, and everybody who's, who's on this journey with us. Um, because this is unique and, and we've, we've heard the Simon Sinek start with why and, and different, uh, different ideas. We've heard that you can be fast, you can be, you know, high quality, you can be uh, cheap, but you can't be all three. Um, but let's break it down into the weeds a little bit. So if I sit down with, with, with you or somebody on your team, um, help me figure out who I am and what, what kind of practice, how, if I'm going to be a community practice or if I'm going to be a destination, because I just, I want to make people happy. Yep. That's perfect. So it's why we start at that high vision, right? To your point, it's why I'm saying, why did you get into independent optometry? You want to be your own boss. You want to make the best healthcare decisions for your practice or and your patients. Great. Then it's, hey, on a spectrum of one to 10, do you want to be more of the community practice? That's a one. That means anybody that comes in here, they're going to find something they like. They're going to have an opportunity to find a price point that's meaningful for their budget. Or do you want to be a 10 where, whether it's sport, luxury, no matter what your destination theme is, I want to be this to my patient. On that spectrum, where do you want to be? This is the last time I ask you as a, an owner operator to do homework. This is the last hard question for me. Because <laughs> if you say, I'm a one, I, I, I came here, I got into this to be healthcare. All of the patients I see need to end up in the products that I prescribe. That's how I know I'm giving them the best standard of care. If they're walking with their prescription to go somewhere else, I don't know what gets put on their face. They need to be getting their glasses, their contacts with me. And what I'm going to be building for you is a, an assortment based on your patient base, your demographics. That's one of the beautiful things about working uh, with, with us on the SLO Exotica side. We have a rich set of data on patients that shop around the United States and truthfully around the world. And I can tell you, hey, patients that look like the ones that you see. So your, your office is in San Diego. 
patients that look like the patients in San Diego generally are the most happy to buy at this price point with these frame styles. So I'll pick some of little exotic examples. You need to have Ray-Ban, you need to have Costa, you need to have Oakley, the, the big three core lifestyle brands that we, we offer. And you need to be carrying our mid-tier premium fashion, one or two luxury lines, one or two value lines, and you've covered the full spectrum of product. You can absolutely supplement with other vendors that play across that spectrum, but you want to have a little bit of everything. And I can teach you how to merchandise that. I can show you how to make sure that the pricing is set up. But the big number that I'm going to review with you every time I come in each quarter to do a business review is going to be your capture rate. Hey, we're not focused so much on the unique selling price for each patient. We're more focused on all of the people in my community felt like they could buy here. And that's going to show up the best in your capture rate. If you're on the other end of the spectrum and you look like I'm, I'm a destination guy, I want to build a luxury optical. I want a boutique that has a specific price point that communicates something that is at a higher end, kind of like that, that Saks feeling. If you're that practice, I'm going to use the same demographic data because data is going to guide our decision making. That's how modern business works. And I'm going to be telling you in your community, the luxury that works is flashier. It's more colorful. It's going to have a lot of big acetate. It's going to be bold colors within the frame design, emblems, logos. That's going to be important for your consumer. How do I know this? Across the country and around the world, people that look like the patients in San Diego, that's what they want to buy. Here is the price point that is valuable to them and the brands that make the most sense. So maybe it's Elaine Mickley, maybe it's Giorgio Armani, maybe it's Prada on my side. And you can supplement that with other vendors who have products in that similar category. If you're that practice, Again, you don't have to get into the details of all the brands, though I will be able to provide that to you. The biggest number that you're going to be measuring is your ASP. How much am I selling? Revenue per refraction is another way of looking at that. Am I hitting the luxury target price point? Am I able to attract the luxury patient? And then over time, as we consult with both of these practices, whether you're on the community side or you're on the luxury side, we're able to have a simple metric, whether it's capture rate or the revenue per refraction, to guide us on how well we're achieving our vision. And for us, we stopped becoming in that 40% of businesses that don't have a plan. Now we're in, or excuse me, the 60% of businesses that don't have a plan. We're in that 40% that do. We have a measurable plan. We have a way that we can understand whether or not we're being successful. And when you're working with my team, that's what we want to get to. What numbers do we need to measure that help us achieve our vision? Not just measuring numbers to measure them. Ah, I like that. And I see lots of, of, not even parallels, but this exact model working for us. And I know we're talking about the optical, but on the contact lens side, right? In, in my monthly office, in my dailies office, in my premium office, in my workhorse product office, uh, uh, on the, the medical treatment side, you know, my uh, 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 boutique um, you know, dry eye aesthetics type uh, practice, or, or my workhorse, let's, let's get done what needs to, uh, to get done without having to go too much out of pocket. I, I can see this model applying across the board. Well, I was just getting ready to say it. it for me, it, it even can extend further because the staff you hire, the way you train your staff, the way you merchandise your office, the flow that your patient goes through really is going to be driven by what experience you want that patient to have here. And at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. I want my practice to be that destination I want it to be a destination. I used luxury before. I want it to be a sports destination. That I've seen practices that want to do that as well. They do neurooptometry. They work with kids that want to achieve high, high, high productivity in their youth sports. Yeah. Uh, they work with people that have been in concussion protocols, concussion injuries. 
And their entire experience in their optical and throughout their practice looks very different from someone who wants to be a community practice. I think when you've aligned on a vision, it doesn't just pay dividends in the transactions and that you have with your vendors. It really can help you clarify everything that you do in your business. Well, you've created a, a, a personality. You've created a culture. And, uh, and, and wrapping up, and you're, you said you're a sports guy, so... Um, you know, every, every NFL team plays football, but some teams are running teams. Some teams are passing teams that I'm going to spend my money on the right type of players. My, my offensive line is going to look different depending on what kind of, of, of team I am. And, um, and then if I'm seeing a passing game, you know, a, a team, I use my run game to set up the pass. I, I don't try to win off the, off the run and, and vice versa. So I, I can see how, you know, I think that's a, you know, a good analogy on, now, I'm still playing the same game that everybody else is playing. I'm just playing it my way. Yeah, and I, I think to your point there, that vision is I'm going to be a running team or I plan on being a passing team. They, I'm going to keep the metaphor going because I think it's great for this. It's exactly right. That's your destination, that boutique versus your community optometry to keep this metaphor going. And you're going to build your team just like you said differently. If I want to run the ball first, I need to have a different type of offensive scheme, everything that you just said. So I think that's exactly right. And it, for me, really simplifies your decision-making as a general manager or as an owner in this situation. I need to do things that make me better at running the football. I need to do things that make me a better destination. All of my metrics, all of my tracking can now be used to help me understand, am I a better destination optometry practice because of what I've done today or this week or this month or this quarter? Um, and I think that more than anything else as an owner going way back to what we said at the beginning gives you the ability to say yes quickly and no quickly, which my God, how many decisions do you have to make in a week? <laughs> that if it does nothing else for you. Too many. Yeah, I exactly. Too many. And I, and I think it'll help the, uh, the interactions we have with our sales rep. We love them, but uh, it, sometimes it feels like the same hamster wheel. And if, if we've got a plan now we're, we're going on this journey together to get somewhere. It's a, it's a destination journey, not just a, uh, a how you doing journey. I'm going to tell you a secret about sales, which is so funny to me. Our time is as valuable to you as yours is to you. So we, we value our time the same way. And what I mean by that is if you're saying no to our product or service and you're saying, look, my vision is to be X and you're selling me Y, that's easy. I, I'm, I'm like, I've got 300 other people I need to talk to today. I'll shake your hand and say, look, if I ever have something that helps you with X, you're my first call. If you want to be a destination optometry and I don't have destination or boutique style frames, it makes my life so much easier because I have another hundred customers I got to call on that day or that week or that month. And there's still a level of respect that we can have for each other. I think oftentimes the vendor customer relationship breaks down when you feel like I'm not listening to you or I feel like you haven't been upfront with me. And this, a, a no for the right reason is just as valuable to a salesperson or a vendor as a yes. It's really, for me, a lot easier for us to all do business together when we have that clarity on what you're trying to accomplish. Oh, I like that. That's a, that's a perfect way to wrap up. So helping us understand our business identity um, helps us get what, what we want and uh, helps you help us get what we want. 